Round two is no joke, even when you're facing the Joker. This is where the, we separate the pretenders from the contenders. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000. That's right, 10 Gs, baby, in total prizes each day. The best part, it's free. If I didn't make that clear, it's free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games. Track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from what team will hit mo the most three-pointers a game to which team will score first. And the best part, DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience that's right no risk here uh, in getting your money in and out it's that easy download the top rated DraftKings app now and use the co promo code tbpn that's promo code tbpn when you sign up to get your free shot at ten thousand dollars in total prizes Every day of the basketball playoffs, head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes and use that promo code TBPM for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup, Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Boomer Shakalaka. Ahoy, ahoy. Hello and welcome everybody into another edition of the Sun's Solar Panel. Wherever you're listening to us, we appreciate you. The Flaming Ballers, more than you know, I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Joining me, as always, is the Silver Fox, the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, just be happy that this is an audio-only edition because I'm seeing more Dave King than uh, I usually do. Dave, how hey, are man. you today? You, you do the late-night episodes. This is what you get. Hey, hey, that's true. Just uh, don't stat me while looking like that, all right? And we've got a special guest on the program. As uh, Ryan had, has uh, no idea what we're talking nope, about. No, he yeah. doesn't. It's like, a, it's like a different language when you come here. On the solar panel, uh, the Carmel Thunder from down under Saul Bookman has the night off. Uh, he was out at the game, and uh, we let him we let him have the night off. So we had to bring in a special guest, a man that could bring a perspective that neither Dave and I could because we've never been a mile high either, literally or figuratively. So we welcome in Ryan Blackburn of the Denver Stiffs, both the website and the podcast. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Of course, Greg, uh, Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. it. Not not necessarily on good terms in this first game. One, uh, Denver got their chops busted in, in that in that third quarter, and that was uh, that was pretty tough to watch. But it, it's been it's going to be interesting to see how this series goes, and it's just it, I think it's setting up for a long one. That's for sure. 
Yeah, tough I think for so you too. To yeah, we're yeah. Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> Just to say, tough for you to watch. Uh, joyful for us here in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the great duality of this, right? Is that we we both just came off of great first round appearances. I think Denver they had a lot of questions that hey, could you actually handle things without as many guards as you're missing? And the Suns like yeah. you you don't know how it's going to go without with facing LeBron and AD, and so that sort of took care of itself. But you guys put on such a great show and. It, it's hard to hate the Suns. Like there, there's there's a lot to like about what you guys are doing. I think there's a lot to like about what the Nuggets are doing. So it's tough that we couldn't face the the evil Clippers and Jazz that the yeah. Nuggets fans are are so like they they have so much ire for at this point, given these last couple of years. Oh, give, I'm give sure a few the- games. You'll have ire for us too. <laughs> Dave, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. So we just, we're reporting, recording this right after the Suns, uh, game one, win. they won one 22 to one Oh five, uh, late in that, not late, but early in that third quarter, the nuggets had a nine point lead, uh, that had built up a 72 63 lead. And it felt like the Suns were just not going to be able to get their, get themselves untracked. And, and a lot of that was uh, due to good Denver offense, uh, timely um, steals and, and, you know, scoring and, and Nikola Jokic being Nikola Jokic. Um, what, what do you think happened there, Ryan, when the Suns went on that? At first it was a 16-0 run, became a, I think it was a shoot, 32-7, something like that to finish the quarter, 25-7 to finish the quarter, and then 42-14 to overall before um, the, you know, the Suns kind of called off the dogs a little bit. What happened? It sort of looked like it sort of looked like the the Nuggets just hit a wall. Like it, it felt like they they just had no idea what to do after they hit a certain point. And a lot of it is going to start and end with Nikola Jokic. And I thought that his his shot selection in that in that third quarter was a little bit odd. Uh, he he settled for a lot of tough jumpers. He didn't really attack the middle of the paint and. I thought that he would make more of an effort to get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble, and it just seemed like he he avoided contact in this game for a lot of it. And I thought the that whole the, first half, though, I thought he was trying for that contact. He just wasn't getting the calls. You think maybe he was just getting frustrated with the refs for not getting the calls he was going for? Oh yeah, uh, he he gets very frustrated if if it happens five, six, seven times in a row, and and it really did feel like Phoenix. It's it's a playoff environment. It's a playoff game, so you don't necessarily expect them to call every single time. But it, he gets very frustrated when, especially as a big man, when when you when you're being officiated in a different way from a guard, where you can mm-hmm. see the contact a little bit more cleanly and easily with a guard than than with a big. Where if, if you put your hand on their hip and push them away while while they're shooting a basket, it doesn't necessarily look like it's affecting them that much but i i thought that nicole Jokic kind of let those calls and non-calls really affect his game and uh he took some odd shots and and then the nuggets didn't really know how to respond when the other shots outside were, weren't falling obviously not the result that anybody in denver wanted again we enjoyed it here in phoenix but i uh, <laughs> it was a it was i'm gonna Thanks, keep Greg. hammering that home <laughs> we'll make that real clear by the end of this but uh it it was a it was a fairly even game through those uh, th- through those first two and a half quarters. Was there anything that you you looked at from a Denver perspective that you thought, okay, that's something that can be taken away for the rest of the series that that we can hold as a positive and look at utilizing moving forward if you're Mike Malone and the coaching staff. 
I thought there were two things. I thought that the the post-ups from Aaron Gordon on Devin Booker really stood out as as something that they went to repeatedly at times. And I thought that uh, Gordon was pretty efficient in those opportunities. And I don't think he handled it that well in the Blazers series, but it's, perhaps he's handling it a little bit better against Phoenix this time around. Maybe that's something that they could go to for some quick offense. The other thing, uh, there, there were times where they frustrated the Suns on the pick-and-roll coverage. Uh, I think the Suns really broke that towards the end of it, but there were a lot of times where Booker got caught up in the air, where they got some deflections off of him, and it led to some fast breaks that I thought that they they used pretty well in that first half of this game. Uh, that's something the Suns are probably going to adjust away from, and they're going to figure out as time goes along, but it, it's at least something to file away, I think. What I think is really fun about these games in this series and, you know, okay, so as a Denver guy, you're used to this now. This is your third or fourth year in a row with uh, Jokic and these guys in the in the playoffs. So this is this is par for the course for you guys. But this is the first time Suns fans have been watching playoffs for a decade. So it's really fun seeing the adjustments from game to game. No game is the same as the last one. You see how one game played out. The next one is not going to be the same. So uh, my thoughts, you know, on, on that are, are that um, the Nuggets were leaving open the Suns corner three-point shooters a lot on the pick and roll because they were tagging DeAndre as he was going by. Um, what the Lakers did instead in the first round was that they uh, let Aiton get to the rim and take that two points instead of uh, leaving a three-point shooter open in the corner for a three-pointer. Uh, because the Suns, you know, obviously, if you just let these guys sit out there, Mikel and Jay Crowder in the corners, they're going to eventually make half or more of those shots just because that corner three is so is so easy. Um, and when you get in a rhythm, it just builds and builds. So that's what the Lakers did. I, I, I kind of wonder if the Nuggets are going to do that and kind of leave uh, Jokic on his own basically to roll with Aiton and see what he can do and just give up the two if he's got to give up the two. It's kind of what the Lakers did. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's the cat and mouse game, I think, that you have to play against a really elite offense that the Phoenix Suns are. And they're, they're going to space you out. They're going to move the ball. They're going to work for that great shot. And, and I thought that they did a really nice job of recognizing what the Nuggets did, especially in that second half, though they did have some good moments in the first half, too. Uh, in that second half, they really put a lot of pressure on Denver at the rim, uh, where they would kind of manipulate that backline defender and force them to pick one guy or the other. And and when you have to do that consistently, uh, a team that's as smart as one that's led by Chris Paul that has mm. Devin Booker, who's progressed as much as he has. It's tough because didn't Aiton shoot about 80% from the field yeah. in the first <laughs> round. So it's not exactly like that's a great option for the Nuggets either at this point. <laughs> uh, so, so they're, they're trying to figure it out. I think it's going to start with more physical defense at the top of the key, uh, trying mm. to get those guys off their rhythm a little bit, make those, passes just that much tougher because if they can give a half second more to those guys to recover, then maybe it makes those shots a bit more difficult. So just admit this is a safe place, right? We're, we're all friends here. And I think you can, I I think you can just admit this openly midway through the third Chris Paul starts to hit those uh, mid range jumpers. Is that the moment as a Nuggets fan that you went, well, crap, this isn't this isn't good because I felt like he played a little bit of a cat and mouse game in that first half, a little rope-a-dope where it was like, I'm not going to show you if I can I can really shoot. 
And then he, he he laid it on. He turned it on like he had most of the year there. Does that con- as a Nuggets fan, as somebody that covers the team, how concerning was that to you to see vintage Chris Paul? Uh, it's it's of course it's a it's of course a big deal. Uh, you were hoping that I, I think Nuggets fans, given the injuries to Jamal Murray and all their other guards, they're yeah. hoping that the Suns could return their favor a little bit with some <laughs> with some hampered Chris Paul. Uh, but but no, as it turns out, Chris Paul is looking pretty vintage out there. With I think it was a twenty points, eleven assists, six Chris, rebound kind of game. Yeah. It's that's that's pretty impressive, and he he didn't look that hurt out there when when he was playing, and so that's uh that's a pretty tough thing for Denver. I I gotta be honest with you guys though. I never expected to stop the Suns. Like they're always going to be a great offense and and kind of like the Blazers. Like I think that the Nuggets they're going to have to win this by outscoring the Blazers and just being able to stop them or outscore the Suns, excuse me, uh and being able to stop them a little bit here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that the Nuggets offense was out of sorts and and when you don't hit the shots that you were used to hitting, I thought Denver got some pretty open shots in that first half and and I thought they they just didn't necessarily hit a lot of those looks. Uh we're kind of used to Austin Rivers and Monte Morris being the heroes and they went 3 of 17 in this series in this game. So yeah. if if you have if you have Chris Paul going off and you have Denver's guards kind of reverting back to what people used to think of them as, then th- that's just going to be an issue for the entire series. Yeah. That first uh, quarter uh, Denver came out, made three of the first four threes. They put up uh 75% shooting overall. And then all of a sudden, uh, and I, it could have been a blow the doors off first quarter. It really could have because uh, the Suns weren't hitting anything. We're feeling a little bit discombobulated themselves and Denver, you're right. Just, started missing open shots. Uh, that first quarter could have been a 15 point lead for the nuggets. And it was only a five to six to eight point lead. And that's a huge difference. That's a huge, huge difference. Um, if they could have taken a 15 point lead, then they'd have had a little bit more cushion all the way through the game. Um, uh, really who knows what happens, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big right. butterfly effect fan, right? If they make a few more of those, shots the Denver Nuggets make a few more of those shots in the first quarter maybe the Suns respond a little earlier in the game than the third quarter going on a bit of a run it's still tight at the end I think uh, you can't just change one thing and expect all the rest to stay the same but I do think that first quarter was huge and the Nuggets did miss some open shots that they if they'd have made they could have had a 10 12 15 even 18 20 point lead um, and that would have really had the Suns on their heels uh, so you're right there, um, and I know I know uh, those guys, Monte Morris and and uh, Austin Rivers and Campazzo. He had a really good game, by the way, Campazzo, at least in the first half. Um, those guys were heroes in that first round. And I look, I am a fan of health. <laughs> I hate that you guys are stuck not playing three of your top five guards. I mean, PJ Dozier is a long defender, if nothing else, right? I mean, he gets he- it. He doesn't. Go ahead. I think I think Suns fans and and like you you guys know this, but like I think a lot of casual Suns fans don't really understand that uh, Will Barton's six five six six, PJ yeah. Dozier's six 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 seven with like seven foot mm-hmm. wingspan, kind of like like he's he's our Mikael Bridges in a lot of cases, just not clearly not as good. Uh, and then you've got Jamal Murray, style. Who, uh, right? Yeah, you you need you need players that can switch. You need players that can mm-hmm. get in passing lanes, and and so much of that with the Suns, it's it's just about 
kind of minimalizing the minimizing the advantage and and the suns do mm-hmm. such a great job of staying ahead of all those rotations but if you get an extra hand or two on a ball you get a turnover you get a run out it breaks the momentum i think that's one of the things that denver really missed in this was that they weren't able to break the suns momentum late when it mattered and that's that's going to be a tough thing throughout this series because denver they just don't have that margin for error right now I, i'm I guessing that. that you guys sorry Aspo, go I was just gonna say I, I'm just uh, impressed, Dave, that you took the uh, the controversial stance of being a fan of health. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> no, you you're you come on, Espo. You know how many fans are pray for the other team to get injured and have yeah, injuries and stuff like that. I just want to beat the I wanted to beat the Lakers at health. I want to beat the Nuggets at health. You know, get a chance. You just beat you. You do the best you can against what you're faced. I, I get it, but man. Um, I'm sure you look, I'm, I'm guessing right here, Ryan, over the last several years, Nuggets fans feel pretty comfortable playing against the Suns uh, because the, because somehow either Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray hit the big shots when they need to hit them. And they always close out the Suns. I mean, you guys have won just about every matchup against the Suns in the past couple of years, three or four years since your guys have gotten strong and, and good. Um, so I'm guessing, you know, Pat, Pat, the Suns, you know, they'll go away at some point because they always do. Um, I, 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 I'd rather just play the full strength nuggets. I really would. Um, but you know, given, given the hammer dealt, what's the likelihood that, um, Will Barton is coming back in this series? Have you heard anything at all? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know what I did here was that I thought he would be ready for the Blazers series that he never came back for that one. And so it's it's always finicky. He's got a mild hamstring strain. And when you've got a hamstring, it's it's one of the most difficult injuries to actually come back from because mm-hmm. once you re-aggravate it, it, it's hell. And I think like the Brooklyn Nets may be dealing with this later down the line when when James Harden is trying to return again. But oh yeah, those poor I, Nets who only won by forty. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll 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 have to survive somehow. But with their two superstars, <laughs> uh, yeah. But like I. It's going to be tough, and and I think Barton is ahead of Dozier in terms of that. That's been the common uh, perception as as it comes to those injuries. Uh, you're not getting back Murray, obviously. You may hope to get back Dozier late in the series. The Nuggets are hoping to get back Barton at some point, whether it's Game 2, Game 3, Game 4. Uh, but I, I'm a little bit concerned because I saw from the, the Suns' perspective that I, – I, and I, I – let me let – me, state this first the nuggets are now two and five in game ones in in since the nicole Jokic era started and they've won four of the uh, no they've won uh five of those series uh it's it's so they they do a decent job of of when they when they even though they get hit they come back they're resilient they've they've got the the 3-1 bubble records like like everybody knows mm-hmm. that they they know how to bounce back but not having Jamal Murray against a team that's as competent and as skilled and as professional and as put together as the Suns, I think you see the, the a drastic difference between them and the Blazers already with just that. Is that the Blazers Neil Olshay is like is like saying Sayonara to his job at this point with what he's doing like in in Portland right now. And they've mm. already fired their coach and they're in disaster land. They weren't a professional team that was put together and stayed together. The the Suns are, and I can already see that from a, a very healthy perspective here. It feels so good to hear that with in reference to the Phoenix Suns after we need this, Ryan. The, the last eleven <laughs> years. Uh, Ryan Blackburn of Denver Stiffs joining us. Uh, and Ryan, I, I admittedly don't watch a lot of uh of Argentinian basketball. 
Uh, so <laughs> I'm not, sure. a, I, I know, I know. I mean, I know most people do, but I'm not one of them. Uh, <laughs> Imposo, let, let's, let's talk about him. Uh, obviously having to step in to the role with, uh, with the injuries there for Denver that you guys were talking about 14 points, six assists, four rebounds in game one. Do Suns fans have to be scared by this guy or was this just a kind of a, an impressive game one, but don't don't think it's the second coming of Manu Ginobili. Uh yeah, no, I I, I wouldn't hold your expectations that high. That's for sure. Uh, Faku Faku's one of the yeah Faku's one of those guys that he will give you a bunch of energy. He will give you some hustle plays, and and if the shot is going down, then then he's going to be playing pretty well. Uh, I thought that he played pretty well tonight. There are still some things that I have with him that are a little bit concerning. He'll look to make the home run play in a lot of cases on offense, and that actually directly led to some Suns points in transition due to a turnover. Uh, He also, just uh, being as small as he is, uh, even like Chris Paul can shoot over a lot of people, but he has a really easy time shooting over Faku Kapaza when he gets to his spot. So I think that as long as CP3 stays healthy, as long as Booker just doesn't like punch Faku, then I think that you're you're going to be okay from with that regard. I am interested to see whether Faku depend, defends Cameron Payne a little bit more uh, because I think if if the if the Nuggets are going to take away anything in this series, I think taking away Cameron Payne is probably the easiest thing they could do. Uh, because I just I have so much respect for the Suns' starting unit. Uh, if Faku is out there and he's har- harassing campaign and trying to get into his grill a little bit, maybe that helps Denver o- along the margins a little bit more. But I don't think he's going to bother Chris Paul, Devin Booker, guys like that too much. Right? Yeah, Ryan, I was he- expecting. I'm sorry, Greg. I was just gonna say we we charge fines for cursing, so uh, all the fuck yous, uh that's gonna be that's gonna be five bucks a piece to swears for kids. Just so you know, hey, um, fuck you, Greg. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Compazzo, All right. Um, I was expecting, and I probably uh, you you probably are expecting now. Also, and you you mentioned it, uh, kind of alluded to it right there. Monty Morris, he had a bad game tonight, but he's been really really good. I would expect him to get into the starting lineup so he can go, like you said, go up straight up against Chris Paul or Devin Booker um, with Austin Rivers there and with uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, rotating in. Um, and then Capazzo maybe coming off the bench and, and going against campaign. They're similar in that they're all about fire. And if their shots are falling, they look awesome for about five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes, but um, they're not the guy you're going to count on to um, consistently win games. But he's been, man, he's, you, uh, you know, I mean, he's been impressive this year in that what he has done for a rookie, he's sure he's 30 years old and, and, and all that. And he's got a ton of experience overseas, but uh, I, as a Suns fan, I'll let you know that um, I'm a little afraid of him having a hot streak and, and helping them win a game or two. Um, not in big long minutes and not in big long stretches, but all it takes is one one really good stretch and the and the Nuggets can have a win there or two wins or even four wins. So he is a guy to worry about. I understand uh, watching him every minute you see the <clears throat> the flaws, but when we look at him, it, it, it's fun to watch him. Oh, he's he's fun, and and some of the passes that he made. There was one uh, pass that he made to Jokic on the pick and pop. That yep. was really incredible. The the over his blind, head kind yep. of blind mm-hmm, pass. Yep. Uh, that that was a lot of fun, and and he also tracked down a nice steal in the corner. I think from DeAndre Ayton, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
it yeah, could have been somebody else. Followed but... the entry pass and and beat yeah. the entry pass to Aiden. Yeah, by I think pretty sure that uh, that's what happened. That was good. And, and he'll he'll make those plays and 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 he will win the Nuggets some possessions that they didn't necessarily have before. And that's one of the things that's really good about him in this situation gives them back a little bit of margin for error. Uh, but if he's not shooting that hot, if if because he's not he's not a Patty Mills type. He's not somebody who's going to light you up for six threes. Uh, mm. uh, at least uh, not likely. Uh, if he does, then I, I will say a prayer and, and maybe go visit Cordoba, which is his hometown in in, in Argentina, and, and maybe pray a little bit. But uh, no, he's uh, he is a a fun player to watch. I, I see his flaws, like you said, a little bit too hard, and I, I'm a little bit too hard on him in general. But like, who who thought like he he really is Denver's fifth best guard? Then he's been right. thrust into this against Chris Paul yeah. and Devin Booker, so it's it's really hard to Not to really blame him too him. much here. Yeah. Hey, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Tory Craig a little bit. Uh, sure. You know, he was, I'm sure he was a fan favorite there for a few years uh, in Denver, came off the, basically came off the streets and, and turned himself into a player when we first acquired Torrey Craig uh, for cash at the trade deadline from the Bucks, I looked up his stats and man, he, he's pretty good in the playoffs. I mean, he, he had a year where he shot over 40% on threes as a rookie. And, you know, low minutes, but still 20, you know, a game, 20 minutes a game. And I thought that was um, surprising that the Nuggets let him go because he is a, he's like a prototypical guy off the bench for the NBA right now. Six, 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 seven, six, eight with a long wingspan gets, can uh, defend and, and shoot some a little bit. Why do you think the Nuggets were so okay with letting him go? Yeah, it's tough because I th- I think one of the things that the Nuggets wanted to do uh, was was transition over to Michael Porter Jr. Make sure to get him as many opportunities and and difficult situations as possible. Uh, one of the things that I think you if you know Michael Malone, you know he's a defensive guy. He's mm-hmm. all about effort. He's all about intensity and and execution of the game plan and things like that. There would have been a lot of cases where Michael Porter would have uh, not finished games over Torrey Craig this season, despite being a starter, despite being like and clearly showing how talented he is throughout the year. Uh, Torrey Craig would have finished a lot of games because that's what Michael Malone would have wanted in the lineup. And so the yeah. the Nuggets kind of took that out from under him, I think. And it's <clears> tough <throat> because I think it, if if you say that Michael Porter is going to get 32, 35, 36 minutes, I think you'd also love to have a guy like Torrey Craig in there. So, so to give yourself a little bit of flexibility, maybe play Porter in a small ball lineup. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, and those guys are great friends. They, they've talked about it multiple times over the course of the last couple of days. And uh, I think that Torrey, he, he, he's going to take this matchup pretty personally because he wanted to be back with Denver and, and they didn't, they chose not to have him back. And I got to tell you those two threes that he hit right at the beginning of of his stint, they're a killer, especially that second one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they, thank was... you for letting him go, and then thank you to the Bucks for <laughs> selling him for for absolutely nothing. So we appreciate the Bucks. That. Bucks could probably use somebody who could play defense on a on a big wing oh, right Lord. now. <laughs> yeah, they still would have lost by twenty instead of forty, but it yeah. would have been nice for him. At least. Before we move to game two, gentlemen, uh, it's time to give out our uh, smooth baller of the game from game one brought to you by that's right manscaped got bush not if you got manscaped make sure to use the promo code flaming ballers at manscaped.com save 20 percent. get free shipping that is right the lawnmower 4.0 the new uh new trimmer 
that they have will keep you smoother than uh, all the moves that one Monty Williams made today. Even though he didn't win Coach of the Year, he still was smooth in this uh, in this one. But the player nice. that is our smooth bother of the game is, you know what, I'm going to go with Mikhail Bridges. And I don't care if anybody else doesn't like that decision because I'm the one running it right now. Uh, mm. Mikhail Bridges came out on both ends of the floor, played fantastic tonight. 23 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 8 of 12 shooting, 4 of 8 from the three-point line, and uh, just fantastic defensively. So he is your Manscaped smooth baller of the game. Once again, use the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. Save 20%. Get free shipping and make sure that your boys don't look like you've got uh, you know, Robin Lopez in a headlock between your legs down there. So anyways, <laughs> oh, let's move on to uh, looking I, at... I, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I love Mikhail Bridges and, and he was a guy that I had circled in the 2018 draft and thinking, okay, and what do you need next to Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray? You no, could probably use a guy like Mikhail, yeah. a guy like Mikhail Bridges who just does everything as a role player should. And he was just awesome tonight. So you guys got a special one there. Yeah. And, Same and, draft as Michael Porter Jr. Let's, let's talk about him just real quick. Yeah, it, we, it, we, we were okay with that result, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he dropped because of the back injury. Um, um, and I don't mean to make any kind of correlation because he did have a tight back tonight in the game, but uh, from what I saw online. Um, but tell us about his progression and how he's grown this year into a legit number two and, and, and really uh, what we can expect to see from him the rest of the series, assuming health. Yeah, he he has taken a, a long road, and and what I will say about the back, uh, he's actually like been very healthy with regard to back specific injuries throughout these three years that he's that he's been with Denver. It's other than the recovery from the the back surgeries, it, it's been I think he's had one game throughout his career that he missed due to back tightness. Uh, so keep it in mind. I, I hope he gets through it. But at, for his entire career, and for for the the way that he's progressed this year. The Nuggets knew that they needed him to step up. They knew that they needed him to be a number three option at the beginning of the year. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Grant left, and, and they knew that they wanted to get to that place because they trusted his talent, and why why not, right? Uh, but then you see Jamal Murray go down, and you realize, okay, now we don't have a lot anymore from a, a perimeter shooting and playmaking perspective, and you, you have to start trusting Michael Porter Jr. to fill that role. And he's a flawed player, to be clear. He doesn't dribble the ball well. He still has a lot of things that he has to work on from uh, just his overall strength and physicality with the basketball to his defense, as everybody knows. But uh, he is a lethal scorer. And and some of the plays that he made, especially in the first half of this game, I thought were very indicative of that, that no matter the contest that he's getting, he mm. doesn't see the player in front of him. He can contort right. his body from any which direction, hit those shots no matter what. Uh, he had one over Chris Paul on the baseline. He also had a, a one with Mikhail Bridges right on his hip in that third quarter where he pulled up from three. He does that relatively consistently, and and I, it's it's sort of incredible to watch. Uh, I think the Nuggets have a, have a truly generational shooter on their hands that they're looking to develop next to Nikola Jokic. And it, it's when you've got a passer like Nikola Jokic, you should be able to to take advantage of that shooting. All right, Ryan, before we let you out of here, uh, two final quick questions. What do you think the biggest adjustment going into game two will be from the Nuggets, and what's your prediction for the series in, in the long run? 
I think the Nuggets are going to try to get Jokic moving a little bit more. They're going to try to get him uh, going towards the basket a little bit more. Uh, that was one thing that really stood out tonight was that he wasn't attacking the rim as much uh, as as he had been against the the Portland Trailblazers and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he's going to try to get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble. I think that's that's got to be a given for this series. Uh, and what was your second question, by the way? Uh, what is your what is your prediction for the for the the series? What are you feeling after game one? I I had initially said Denver in six because I assume that guys are going to come back. I'm going to amend that to Denver in seven. I think that Denver figures some things out over the course of this series. Mm. I'm still pretty confident in them being able to get that get that going. Uh, I just don't. I can't see Monte Morris shooting one of ten again, and I can't see uh, like Austin Rivers has been so good for Denver for so long that it's almost it's almost difficult to see him missing some of the shots that he missed. And and I, with Jokic, like uh, 22 points on 23 shots, it's the third time out of 79 total games this year uh, that he's gone with more shots than points. I just don't see that happening again either and think that he'll be better. Uh, But look, I I have a lot of respect for the Suns. Like I've, I've very impressed with what I saw against the Lakers and it's clearly carried over against the Nuggets. They're well coached. They're well thought out. Uh, Those players, uh, they play for each other and looking at the box score tonight, you had 12 to 14 shots for, I think all five of the starters. That's the kind of balance that you're looking for with the team, like with, with the team like Phoenix. Well, Brian, I apologize to tell you, but you're wrong. It's Suns and Seven, but uh, <laughs> but we'll let it slide since you do host a show called uh, Denver Stiffs and and write for the site of the same name. Ryan, why don't you let the listeners know where they can heckle you online uh, on the social medias? Of course. Uh, you guys can follow me if you, if you choose to, if you want to heckle uh, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, I also, I've, I've moved over my, my podcast. I, I podcast at pickaxe and roll now uh, mm-hmm. doing a lot of fun stuff over there. I just had a good uh, uh Friend of the program, Adam Morris, over there, and so he's uh, he's having a lot of fun. He was and with Denver Stiffs before. He right? was. He was my he was my boss, and so I have to say nice yeah. things about him. So no, he's he's uh, great. But, he's great. <laughs> we love him over there, and and Adam's been great. Uh, but yeah, if, if pick axe and roll uh, over at uh, Denver Stiffs, and just wherever you guys want to follow uh, Denver Stiffs, SB Nation, whatever you want to do. Thank All you. right, I, I I love the pickaxe and roll name, and I apologize that I uh, I misspoke on the name of the podcast. So it's oh, pick you're good. And roll, I, I, I go listen to it uh, there, and uh, we're happy to return the favor if you uh, want to have mm-hmm. us on after a son's loss, so we can uh, so you can <laughs> give us a hard time uh, after as well. I'll make sure to game plan for that, guys. Let's go game three. I think they're going to give yeah. Nikola Jokic his MVP award that night. Uh, I think we can we can make sure to to get the crowd riled up for that one. That'll be great. There we go. <laughs> you can follow Dave King at Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because the man knows what he's talking about. Damn it! You can follow wow, me. That at- was the first time you gave me a compliment on that well, ever. It, We've been doing sarcasm. this for four years, Ryan. <laughs> Well, he had to do it because I have NBA in my tag, too. <laughs> I know, that's exactly it. Thank you very much. Just showing respect. You and man. I. You can, <laughs> you can follow me at Espo the Show, at Sun Solar Panel. If you so choose, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Literally, you can trash us in the written portion. Just give us the five stars. That's what's <laughs> most important. So for Dave and for Ryan Blackburn, who was kind enough to give us his time, I'm Greg Esposito. We'll talk to you next time here 
on the solar panel. Ahoy hoy.